And welcome to Hope Chats. Today we are covering episode 16 and it's entitled Let's Talk Politics. And I'm here with Glenn Ewart and we're hoping to hit on this topic in a, in a helpful and hopeful way today. Hey, Glenn. <laughs> hey, Jim. So good to uh, be with you. It's great to be with you, too. And uh, with a topic like this, I think we might need to put a disclaimer out right off the bat. Uh, neither Glenn or I are, you know, experts in the political world. Well, maybe you are, Glenn. I know. I'm not. Uh, I was, was I was thinking that you were the expert. Why are we doing this? Are you interviewing me or am I interviewing you? <laughs> okay, so neither one of us are political experts. No. Uh, that's, uh, that's true. We're also not endorsing a candidate or a particular party, are we? No, not in this, not in this hope chat. Or that's not our goal. So if you're hoping to see like, oh, we're going to give crystal clarity to opposing or opposition or approving, we're not doing that. Right. And my understanding, Jim, is that you are not, nor am I, running for a political office, so we are not soliciting votes either, right? I'm glad we got that out of the way. No, no, I'm not. And it's great to hear you're not either, but... So it doesn't sound to me like we're talking about politics at all. You know what? Maybe <laughs> maybe we're talking around politics then. What we are talking about is we want to talk about biblical issues, or talking about politics from a Christian framework, and with a specific focus on unity for Christians. So that, that's really what we want to hit on today. And uh, there's been some really helpful resources, uh, whether they're books or um, uh, YouTube message sermons. that have been really helpful to kind of remind us what Scripture says pretty clearly in some places about unity. And Glenn, you were watching a message recently about that, um, correct, on unity? Yeah, I was. Um, and it is really – I'm so glad that we're having this conversation. Jim, you recommended this, and I was uh, – I'm not quite sure that I wanted to enter in, but I'm really actually glad we're having this conversation. And we're having this conversation because you and I, I think, have learned a lot about yeah. how to think about politics and how to think about how to, you know, um, our vote. And, and we've learned from other resources, so we're going to be sharing that. And we're actually hoping that um, maybe something that we say or references that we make will serve um, – uh, others within uh, our church, New Hope, and anybody else that happens to be uh, listening. So, yeah, yeah um, Jim, uh, I think it's probably about a month ago, I came across a sermon um, given by Andy Stanley. Some people mm. will know who Andy is. Uh, he's a pastor of a, a fairly large and influential church in the United States, uh, located in Atlanta, Georgia, and the church church's name is North Point uh, Community Church. And um, yeah, he, he, came, he gave a sermon uh, titled this, and I loved it. It's called Talking Points, colon, The Perfect Blend of Religion and Politics. <laughs> perfect, the perfect blend. Uh, the perfect maybe blend. we should just watch yes. that instead of us talking then. <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, I, I think we're going to be dropping a link. Yeah. And, um, and so that people certainly can watch it. But, you know, um, the perfect blend, because can religion and politics go together? And, and Andy uh, Stanley uh, gives a talk uh, on this. And it was very good. It was very helpful to me. And so, um, yeah, so we're going to summarize it. Yeah, that sounds great. I, I, and I appreciate when you sent it over to me. I thought, like, wow, this is, for especially for Christians, I mean, this, this is a reminder that I need, I think we all need at, at this time when everything's so divisive and not just yeah. politics, but just the, the culture and COVID and racial justice, there's just so right. many things. So to have 
this call to unity reminder I thought was just like was like cutting right. through a what felt like a kind of like a cloudy unsure situation with a little bit more clarity so yeah I think so so the the thing that's interesting uh, when he, when I heard it about a month ago I thought that it was a relatively recent uh, message of his mm. gave it back in January oh wow and he begins by talking about how this message is he, he was giving it in the context of cultural uh, divide. Um, and uh, that everything was so politicized. Yeah. And, and I was thinking, well, back in January, things were fine, right? <laughs> right, yeah, January, you know, before I, March. <laughs> yeah, before COVID and, and everything. And I'm, I'm thinking, man, to, if only we could go back to January. But even in January, uh, the cultural context was, there was so much division. And, and then as I began to think about it, I thought, oh, yeah, that's right. Even back in January, we were so divided, and everything was politicized. And if anything, of course, um, it's become more divided and more politicized since, right? Right. Oh, yeah. 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 So he he uh, he kicks off his message with a statement uh, with this statement. He says, "Nothing divides like politics. Mm. Nothing divides like fear." And he wow. points out that a lot of um, uh, uh, the tactic oftentimes used by politicians or political parties or whatever is fear. Mm. fear. I began to think about that, and I have here a political flyer in my hand, but I'm not going to show it because I don't want to, like, um, you know, um, bias our conversation in any way. But it's a, a political uh, flyer that I received in the mail, like we all receive political flyers in the mail. And this is one candidate who um, – who says that if this person, if their opponent uh, wins, then COVID, the COVID crisis, the COVID-19 crisis will be even worse. Mm. So if you can imagine how bad it is now, if right. my opponent wins, it's going to get worse. Mm. Right? Wow. That's an example, I think, of the ways in which fear is oftentimes used as a tactic in in uh, in political conversations and dialogue and right oh yeah and nothing divides like politics because nothing divides like fear, fear. and then mm. and then uh, and he says so what's at the heart of fear what what makes fear so um so so powerful mm. uh, and and such a powerful influence and he says uh, Andy Stanley says loss. Loss is uh, at the heart of fear. It's 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 that um, it's it's the fear of of losing something that we're currently benefiting from, right? Or or something of value um, to us uh, that we we could end up losing. Mm. Uh, the other party wins, and so you know it could be a loss of control. It could be a loss of opportunity. Um, it could be a, a loss of the future of our children. Uh, could be the loss right. of our culture as we know it and love it and want to protect. It could be a loss of our freedom. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a loss of what we sense is progress. Like we've come so far, but if our political opponent wins, all of that's going to go down the drain and we're going to end up back where we were, you know, five, four, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, whatever. Mm. Loss is at the heart of. I think he's onto something there. Yeah. 
No, yeah, I, whether, whatever side or, you know, you mentioned this one flyer, but you can see that whether you're on YouTube, you know, seeing the first uh, uh, advertisement that comes up for uh, a political, uh, you know, uh, presidential candidate, it's always the fear of the other side, right? Um, yeah. it, it, you just see it all over the place. And yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They instantly, it, it sells so quickly. And so fear divides us as a nation, as a culture, but it also has the potential to divide us as a church. Right, right. If, if we yield to this fear that uh, is intentionally being used to try to um, persuade us mm. to vote in a certain way, if we allow that fear uh, to infiltrate um, right. our, our church and our relationships, then it will divide us. Mm-hmm divide us so um you know i think that you and i often are just so thankful that new hope community church is a very diverse church right very thankful for that very thankful and we wouldn't want to pastor uh, a church that isn't uh, as diverse in fact we pray even for greater diversity yeah we're diverse so we're diverse socially we're diverse economically we're diverse ethnically we are certainly uh, diverse politically in our way very much so Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and we actually celebrate that. We see that as a really good thing. We see that actually as one of our strengths and one of the ways in which we yeah. um, are uh, a church, right, that honors God is, is in this diversity. Um, so we're not at all threatened by it. We, we want it. We pray for it. We, we, uh, we celebrate it. Um, if, if fear... Um, enters into um, our relationships and enters into our church, then what happens is our our, our diverse church then becomes a divided church. Mm, wow. That's what we're praying against. Right, right. That's what we're um, we're working against, and that's why we're doing actually this this hope chat. That's not right. exactly it, Glenn. Yeah, yeah. For that that call for unity, right? Because it just seems like everything's yeah. just dividing and. And pulling, if we let it, um, if we let it, yeah, it just pulls and divides. And like you said, it, it, at the very fabric, it breaks down relationships, which essentially that's what the church is, not the building, it's the people. So if you have the relationship pull, um, yeah, that's exactly what we don't want to see. And um, yeah, I appreciate the way you, you said that too, with, you know, if, if you let the diversity, you know, if you don't, you don't, I forget how you said it, steward it well or whatever, it can lead to essentially division, what was once a beautiful yeah. thing. If it's not united, and I, as I think Andy Sealing goes on to talk about loving, but if it's not united in that kind of love, you know, instead of being united in fear, you know, united in love, uh, the potential for right. divisions, huge. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. So if I say anything that you um, uh, want to quote, remember, I'm only quoting Andy Sealing. <laughs> yeah, I like to quote Glenn so quoting Andy Sealing. If I say anything good here, remember, I am quoting Andy Sealing. Um, so, so he, he points out, uh, here that we, as a church, we have this opportunity. It's an opportunity to disagree politically with one another, uh, respectfully, but to disagree politically and to love unconditionally. Wow. Love it. That's like my favorite quote from his whole, there's a lot of great stuff in there, but I just, that reminder, I I just stood with, I, I took that away with me, Glenn, just. While disagreeing politically, while loving unconditionally, yeah. at the same yeah. time. Yes. 
Yes. Because yeah. we keep hearing this message, like love means only to agree with the other person. So if you don't agree, then you're not loving. But the idea that you could disagree on something while loving unconditionally with no condition based, I mean, that, that's, that's powerful. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. So that means that, um, uh, that, that, you know, right? love is the greater value here. Right. Not, not agreeing with, with one another, even, you know, politically or a wide range of other issues. It's, it's, it's love. Right. And, um, so then he, he asked this question, is this, you know, is this, do we agree with this? Uh, do we agree that, um, that uh, we want an environment where we can disagree politically and yet love unconditionally? Because, Jim, as you know, there are a lot of churches that don't want that. They want to agree politically. Right. It, and, and it's okay, it's acceptable to um, let their friendships or their relationships be conditioned upon uh, their politics. Right, right. Right? And so his question is, do you really want to be that kind of a church? And we're saying, yes, we want to be that kind of a church where yeah. we can disagree and yet always, always love. Um, mm. and, um, and so uh, a, a really big question that comes out in his message is this. Um, and this is, I think this is really the heart of what he says in his, in, in his message that um, that we need to ask ourselves um, honestly. It says, are you willing to evaluate your politics through the filter of your faith rather than create a version of your faith that supports your politics? Mm. Whoa. Wow. Right? And the answer is, yes, of course I'm willing to do that. I just wish that everybody else was willing to do that. Right? <laughs> And we can, so we can see the, right. we can see, yeah, um, we can see where everybody else is falling short, but we, we can't see how we're falling short in this. So are we willing to evaluate our politics through the filter of our faith, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, rather than create a version of faith that supports, you know, the politics that you grew up with, uh, the politics that you're, um, you know, you've inherited uh, the politics that you adopted or uh, subscribed to when you were in your 20s, but now you're in your 40s, and you say, you know what, I was born this, I'm going to die this. Um, is it, are, are you willing uh, to let your faith actually inform uh, your politics here? Yeah. Um, he he, he uh, rephrases it. He says, are you willing to follow Jesus when following Jesus creates Space between you and your political party, hmm. your party's platform, and your party's candidate. Are you willing to follow Jesus when, um, when you s suddenly realize, oh, um, Jesus has these values and these priorities? The political party that I've been attached to all of my life over the last couple of years increasingly it seems like there's a dichotomy mm. right right and um so are you willing to follow jesus when following jesus creates space between you and your political party mm. and even your candidate so pretty cool stuff in this message oh it's it's fantastic it's just a way of thinking it because you can get so 
focused on like one, uh, maybe it's a social justice issue or some kind of a care yeah. issue or some political, and, and it gets assigned to one political party, and then you can just really want to champion that, um, and then losing the bigger picture of the call to unity and loving one another, which is infinitely greater than any political. But I think though it's not possible to love other people unconditionally while disagreeing politically if we elevate politics above Christ. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Exactly I think right. that's, that's it. If, if politics is more important than God's kingdom and his reign and his rule that will never end, then it gets all messy. It looks a lot very human, you know, love, condition, whatever. But when we elevate Christ um, so much higher, we have that right. ability to have these kind of conversations. Right, exactly. And, and not only is this biblical, right, to elevate love above politics, but it's practical, right? Because, it is. Because, um, you right. know, the person that we are very passionate about getting into the office uh, next week, um, that person's not going to be around for very long. You know, right. four, maybe years, eight years, you know, um, right. and and uh, so political candidates come and go, political parties even in our nation. Right. Come and go, gone, you know, so, um, so just very practically as Christ followers, yes, um, the priority is love always because uh, love endures, always right. endures and, um, and and to love with uh, with God's love. Well, so. Um, he, he finishes up his message, um, by, by going to John chapter 17 and Jim, I think this is where we'll wrap up in terms of our summary, John 17. Um, and, uh, and he points out that, um, Jesus anticipated that there would be, um, uh, uh, a diversity within the body of Christ and also that uh, there would be division uh, or, or the threat of division mm. within the church. And because of that, Jesus uh, prays for the church. And it's a beautiful prayer mm. in chapter 17, sometimes referred to as the high priestly prayer. So in, if you think about John 17 as Jesus' prayer um, anticipating the threat of division within the church, I think reading and praying through John 17 is appropriate. Right. You know, uh, always, but especially now. Yeah. And we would definitely invite uh, anybody to pray with us uh, in agreement with Jesus, according to John 17. And in John 17, Jesus prays um, or, or shares a prayer request, which is kind of cool. If, if um, you know, you and I were in a prayer meeting. I would want to know what your prayer. Right, right. Yep. Wanted, and and uh, we would want to be sent. Jesus had a prayer request. I think we want to know what Jesus' prayer request. And so verse 11, I'm just going to highlight a couple of uh, passages really quickly. Verse 11, Jesus' pray. Jesus prayed, I will remain in the world no longer. Mm-hmm. Jesus is saying. Um, but they are still in the world. Um, his disciples, um, those who are following him, they're still in the world. Um, for I am coming to you. He's praying to the Father. I'm coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name that you gave me. Why? Why Why does Jesus want them protected? Here, so that they may be one as we are one. 
Amen. That's that's the prayer request that Jesus had, um, that they would be one, that we would be one. Because Jesus knew that a united church can change the world. Right. A divided church cannot. Right. Um, so in verse 20, mm-hmm. um, uh, there's so much more to say here. But um, in verse 20, I'm going to pick up. Jesus continues to pray. My prayer is not for them alone. Uh, so not just for those who are currently following me. But I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. So to the next generation, to the next generation, to the next generation, I am praying for the church throughout all times, all cultures, that all of them may be one. There it is again. He's Mm. he's making his request known and he's repeating it. So, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So again, Jesus knew a united church with all of its diversity has the potential to change the world. That's what Jesus is praying. That's his vision for the church, that the world may know that you sent me and would know um, your love for them and be able to respond to that the world would know through their unity. Wow. That's, I just think, really powerful. And again, yeah. he, he's praying for the church of all time with all of its diversity that they would be all united. And then he um, finishes up here with verses um, uh, uh, 22, 23. Um, he says, um, I have given them the glory that you gave me that they, so he's given us everything that we need. Right. Yep. Uh, he's given the church everything that we need that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved uh, e- uh, and have loved them even as you have loved me. So again, for mm-hmm. the third time, he circles back. Um, Father, this is my request for the church that they would be united, be one. And he, and he uses this phrase that they would enter into complete unity, um, like a perfect unity, mm. uh, a, a, a mature unity. So, right, it's not superficial. Right, right. It's a kind of unity. It's not like I don't see that you're different from me. No, I see that you're different from me, and I value you, and I love you even because you are different from me. Um. And, 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 and it's rooted, this unity is rooted in love, but also in spirit and in purpose. Yeah. And the purpose, of course, is um, that we are called to be a church that helps the world as, in, in, you know, as a united church to help the world understand and know and respond to God's love for them. Um, mm. I'm just going to say this last thing and then we'll, we can like respond, but um um, and he says this, Jesus knew that everything hinged, right? The right. mission of the church hinged on our unity, mm. not on our politics. And there it is. There it is. Wow. Um, man, uh, I, I was running on the treadmill when I heard this message, um, I wasn't increasing the speed of my treadmill, but I swear I was running faster. 
It's such a powerful reminder, and it's right from God's word, and it's right from Jesus, right? You know, directly, and it's me. I was talking to someone this past week, and they were mentioning this chapter as well, and they were just saying, like, it's amazing that we can be the answer to God's prayer request. Oh, yes. And I like that a lot. I was like, wow, I'm like, I never really thought about that, like, to be the answer to what Jesus was praying for unity. We can intentionally be the answer to that. Yeah, Um, yeah. And he has given us everything that we need to do this. Right? Exactly. So right. It's not like we have to try to figure out how to do it on our own because we're not good at that. No. <laughs> God wants to help us. And God, you know, so he's, he's given us, um, you know, the glory, right? Whatever that means. But he's given us everything that we need. Right. To, to attain to this unity and, and to enjoy it and preserve it and, um, and, and use it so that others, um, can know the extent of God's love for them through Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I, I like how you broke down the, uh, the message. Well, Andy Stanley's message and specifically, I mean, the most important part is Andy's just talking. The best part of Andy Stanley's message is he's mentioning, he's mentioning Jesus prayer, right? Yeah. God's word. That's yeah. like, that's it. You see it there. And it's like, wow, yeah. uh, we yeah. need that. And that's true at all seasons. Not, there's not an exception. We're like, well, if there's COVID and racial injustice and political division, then let's not maintain the unity, right? There, there's no, there's no exception, right? In right. any season, at any time, in any year, right. any moment, right. uh, this, right. is, this is our, right. our goal, and that God would get right. more glorified, and people would know more about Christ, uh, right. um, and right. in all right. seasons. So I think that reminder is so crucial. Anytime, but specifically in this time, there's so much this pulling tensions and divisions right. Right. to right. intentionally go towards right. what Jesus right. is calling us to do. So I think, um, you know, Jim, you and I have been talking about this for a long time. You and I have been very intentionally trying to expose ourselves to these kinds of voices, right? kinds of influences in our own lives um, to help us um, uh, live and, 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 and help us to know how to think and how to, how to pray, but also to help us know how to lead, right. how to shepherd. And how to how to use our you know um, whatever influence we have to 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 uh, in a very um, healthy and helpful and God honoring way. Um, and so Andy Stanley is just uh, one of those right. helpful uh, influences in my in my life. You uh, came across uh, a resource um, yeah. really recently, um, and. You wanted to talk about that, too. Yeah, it hits in the same theme of, uh, as we're talking the whole unity and loving unconditionally while disagreeing politically. Uh, there's a book that was handed to me. It's right here. It's uh, Before You Vote by David Platt. And specifically, it's seven questions every Christian should ask. And so I was handed this. It just recently got published. And uh, someone in the church was like, hey, you should check this out. And uh, from time to time, I'll get different books handed to me. And, and, and to be honest, sometimes I, I read a little bit. Sometimes I don't read a lot of it. And but this is the kind of book I read the whole thing pretty much in one sitting because I was just like, wow. I'm like, this is this is fantastic. Um, you can get it online if you're interested on Amazon. There's a link in the, the description. If you're at uh, in New Hope or the area, we're actually selling these for $5. That's like, I don't know, 40% less or something. Uh, but I really liked it because the unity that David Platt was also seeking after the heart that Andy Stanley was, which is seeking after the heart of Jesus, which is trying to bring unity among believers when there's so much political tension and uh, David Platt has a church in Maryland where there's a lot of different political uh, parties and, and, and even political leaders in his church. And so he, he feels that, you know, and he sees that. But that call to unity is so, so 
important. So just like what we're trying to do today, David Platt will not tell you who to vote for or who for you to vote against, but will encourage Christians and answer some questions on should Christians be part you know, of voting and be part of a government system and looking at scriptures that point to actually, yeah, we should be involved with what's going on in the government that we're under. Uh, we should be praying um, often and even this time even more for our government and our leaders uh, that God has set up other authorities, uh, and he's ultimately the one in control of them. But I appreciate how David Platt uh, in this book, and I've seen this elsewhere too by other people who have shared, um, just mentions that if you look from a biblical perspective, and like you said, Glenn, not from a political, but from a biblical perspective, God, if we care for truly what God cares for and what he created, we can't so easily just jump to one party and just say everything on here is God only and the other side's not. Right, which is oftentimes an, an argument, and I, and I hear that. I, t- I love talking to my Democratic friends and my Republican friends, and they'll mention that things are really passionate about. But if you get off the political lens and look at it biblically, that God created every single person, that we were made in the image of God, that we are equal, men and women are equal in Christ, that He created a planet, that He called us to be stewards of, that He knits together children in their mother's womb, that He has a heart and a, definitely a care for the poor and the widow, and the orphan, and the foreigners, and you just, this is all scripture, by the way, there's scripture verses for these, and you get to see all that, but oftentimes in our political conversations, we can split all these into certain parties, right, and then it's like, well, these are the main ones, or these ones, and there's different consequences practically for how you vote, for sure, but I really appreciate just looking at, like, it wasn't the political parties that they decided to think of what's important when it comes to caring to humans, we need to look to the Bible and we see what the creator made. Every single person on the planet is valuable. Um, Everything he's created. And how can we be good stewards of that and realize that, and also realize that as Christians, we really don't fit into a two political party system. Um, As there's things on both sides and uh, that uh, biblically is like, yeah, these are great. And there's other things I'm sure would be like, these are not so great. And there's things that honestly, the biblical, the Bible doesn't speak specifically to, Places, but maybe not the uh, clarity that it comes to with like human life and caring for those under resource. Um, and David Platt hits on that, so I really appreciated that. It's kind of giving that unity piece, having a biblical perspective. It sounds even weird to say that because everything's so politicized in our speeches nowadays that it's like you can't say that there's like good things on either side. You know what I mean? Because it's like you gotta you gotta fear tactic the other side, right? Like you're saying before, Glenn, um, and realizing that ultimately our hope is in Jesus. So. Uh, David Platt, at the end of this, I'll just mention this uh, as we're wrapping up. He has a neat little diagram, and it's a way to build bridges with others. And uh, it's a way of seeing uh, what um, maybe uh, political issues that maybe are from a biblical context, you know, uh, maybe it's caring for certain different social issues or whatever. What passions do you have as an individual? And as I talk to different people, both in the church and outside the church, everyone has sometimes the same or different just kind of places in their heart that they really connect with that are biblically backed. So when you see the biblical clarity on some of these issues with the practical consideration, David Platt has a really helpful grid that if you were to get together with maybe some family members, I know for some family, families, politics, unfortunately, is dividing families. Not We're not even talking about church, but just even small families. This could be a helpful resource, uh, maybe for even friends, co-workers, to have a discussion and realize that, wow, you could land at different places depending on where you start from with a biblical clarity as well as a practical consideration for the impact of your vote depending on the political party. So I just thought it was really helpful and I thought it was a great uh, bridge building 
and unifying and also a lot of humility with asking questions to your brothers and sisters in Christ who have a different political standpoint than you do and to learn or at least listen and really build. Because a lot of times we talk a lot, but it's so important to listen and to lead with listen. I think of one of the verses that I, I struggle the most to do because oftentimes I talk a lot. It's James 1.19. Is everyone should be <laughs> quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I'm like, wow, if we apply that just now in all our lives, especially with a political conversation, imagine the friendships we could build or rebuild or family relationships we could build or rebuild with going in with, I'm not going to say so much. I'm going to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and then slow to become angry. So I just thought there were some helpful helpful pieces in there that I would, I would highly uh, recommend, uh, you know, check it out before you vote by David Platt descriptions in the link. There's also some copies here available at the church building. Yeah. Yeah. And so okay. you read this too. Any thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, no, uh, yes. And amen too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And, uh, yeah, you passed it along to me and I'm a slower reader than Tim. So it took me two sessions to read it. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, but, uh, very good. And, um, Really glad, uh, Jim, that you ordered a case and making it available at a um, discounted um, price. Um, <clears throat> you know, it occurred to me, Jim, as you were mentioned, as you were talking, that uh, really what we're talking about fundamentally is that there is a biblical way to think about politics and how to, you know, how to think about how, who to vote for or whatever. And it reminds me that you know uh, when I was. Uh, don't worry, I'm not going to take a long rabbit trail here. But um, oh, it's, it's all good. You have two. You have two preachers up on a on a hope chat. Yeah. We're going to be exactly. done in about four hours. So exactly. <laughs> I felt like my summary of Annie Stanley's talk was longer than his talk. I didn't want to say anything, but yeah, we might have gone longer. The talk is a shorter version of Glenn's summary. So okay, hold on. Let me get back to my tangent. So um, it reminds me when um, you know, like. When I was dating, uh, I was dating before I was a Christian, and then I became a Christian, and I was still dating in the way that I had learned how to date, mm. or usually in kind of the worldly standards, if you will. And it wasn't until somebody came along inside, inside me and said, you know, do you want to ever learn what the Bible has to say about relationships? Yeah, wow. And healthy, uh, God-honoring relationships, and I'm like, I probably should do that at some point, you know? So like there's a biblical way to think about dating or marriage, but then, you know, money, right? There's a biblical way to think about money. Um, and uh, there's a worldly way to think about money. There's a biblical way right. to think about money. Right. So really what we're saying, um, without saying it until now, is that there's a worldly way to think about politics. Right. There's a biblical way to think about politics. And and we're, we're, we're saying let's, let's become informed and again, let's let our faith form our our um, our, our politics, not the other way around. So, mm. um, <clears throat> can I wrap up with a few more gems from Andy's talk, and then we'll um, then we really this really is our this is our pre closing closing. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think about twenty minutes ago, so we're wrapping up. probably we're yeah. So um, <clears throat> under the category of concluding comments, <laughs> he says this, and I and I so much agree with it. A political candidate uh, will win or lose on November 3rd, and man, I hope that that's true. Uh, a political candidate will win or lose on November 3rd based on the votes of the American people. True, right? That's right. That's a tr- true statement. I, at least it always has been, and hope that it will be on right, November 3rd. Right. Then he goes on and he says this, though. 
the church will win or lose based on how we, Christ followers, treat one another every single day. Wow. Wow. So just love that. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. If you want to hear that quote again, uh, watch the watch the message. So he says, as a result, we must not let anything to divide, and we must not let anyone divide us. Right. Um, and then he, he references Ephesians uh, 4, verses 1 to 6. I'll just say um, it's, a, it's a great passage that yeah. Paul um, uh, gives us about unity and what it means to live out this unity that we're talking about. Um, and then we have to remind ourselves, uh, as Andy does at the end of his message, that it's with this complete unity that Jesus is praying for. It's with this complete right. unity that uh, he has commissioned us, the church, um, into the world as as his ambassadors. And he is he's prayed for us and he is praying for us. And um, and so the Great Commission. Um, go into all the world and, and make disciples and teach them to obey everything right. that I've, I've commanded, you know, baptizing them. Um, and so, and do this together in complete unity. That is, that's Jesus's vision. That's his, that's his prayer. And that's his prayer request for the church. Right. Um, so um, <clears throat> Jim, uh, as I was, uh, as I was thinking about how to wrap up my own comment, um, we were talking about fear and right. the way in which um, the world oftentimes uses fear to try to control or influence or, or manipulate even. Um, this is this is not from God. Fear is not from yeah. God. Uh, what do God's servants oftentimes say, right? Fear not. Right. So fear is not from God. So the antidote um, for fear is right the antidote for fear is love um, god's love love for god love for one another and then um god's love for the world yeah yeah so whoa um that's how we're praying aren't we that's what we're praying yeah. for our church that's what we're praying for the church around the world and um that um that the world would know his love and have an opportunity and a chance to respond to his love through Christ. That's right. That's right. Can't, can't get better than that. Love God, love people. Um, <laughs> never want to, yeah. never want to diminish that at, at any time. Maybe we should just set that at the beginning. It would have been a much shorter <laughs> chat. <laughs> love God, love people. Let's go apply it this week, right? Let's go do it. Let's go yeah. do it. Great. Well, Glenn, it's been fun to have this conversation um, with you. Um, and yeah, I'm just thankful to hope that Jesus brings in all situations. As long as we don't put our hope into a human, anything, political thing, organization, things go up and down, but Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. So we can put our hope in someone who is greater than anything we're ever facing. And that's how we can still have hope. Even during this time where so many of us can be challenged to feel hopeless or depressed or anxious or stressed uh, for many different reasons, not just political um, that there's there's Jesus who gives us gives us hope and the strength to endure. Um, do you want to close in prayer, just praying, uh, Glenn? Uh, unless you have any more comments. 
Sure. Yeah. Uh, be very happy to. I actually have a um, uncharacteristically short prayer. Um, okay. But uh, <laughs> I will. Uh, yeah. Um, so we've been talking about voting, and uh, Jim and I were talking about this earlier. Um, we understand and we respect the fact that some people are going to be choosing not to vote, mm. uh, and uh, we're not going to, you know, cast judgment or whatever. So um, none of our comments are meant to challenge that position. Um, and so we just kind of want to put that out there. Right. Um, I, you know, I, I think you're planning on voting. I'm planning on voting. I'm voting. Yeah. Yep. But, but many people are choosing not to vote and, and we respect that um, right also. Um, and also something that's been helpful for me, uh, you know, is I have uh, been looking at third party options mm. and um, exploring those. And I've come across um, other you know, third parties that have gotten my attention. I don't, uh, uh, this is not an announcement or anything, but um, I'm just saying that there are third party options um, out there. And um, so some uh, of us will choose not to vote. Some will choose to vote maybe a third party or some other kind of a write-in. Others uh, will vote for two of the um, um, primary uh, candidates going forward. Right. So, um, um, but all of us will pray and all of That's us right. will love unconditionally uh, right. every single day. So, um, Annie Stanley suggests this prayer. This is how we're going to end. Um, uh, so would you uh, just join in this prayer? So Father, um, make us one so that together we can influence many mm -hmm. for your sake. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's amen. incredibly, that's a quality prayer right there. <laughs> Just keep it real on the focus. I appreciate it. Uh, Glad it's been great to hang out with you on Zoom. Um, having a conversation that oftentimes is pretty heated, you know, depending, you know, on politics and just that focus that Jesus gave us to seek after unity. So what a great reminder uh, for all of us. And those who are watching, whether on YouTube or Facebook, listening to the recording on Apple Podcasts, I hope you found this helpful. If you did find it helpful, might you want to share this with someone uh, just to bring encouragement and hope uh, into this conversation. And once again, thanks for joining us for Hope Chats. This is episode 16. Um, and we hope to connect with you uh, in a future episode. So thanks again for joining us. Have a great day.